one really cool thing about being in a marriage uh, that I've found is that I've got an automatic lifetime accountability partner. So that going, uh, that being said, it is someone you have to be vulnerable with. That's my vocal warm up. Red, yellow, red leather, yellow leather, red, yellow. That's really hard you can't to say. even do it twice. No, I can't. Red leather, I'm yellow, leather. I'm not gonna leather, try. Red, I just know yellow. I won't be able to. I want to say red, yellow, red. Yeah. Yellow. <laughs> On with the show. Hey y'all, and welcome to Marriage Talks. I'm Elizabeth Ann, and I'm Michael. Today we are going to dive into something that is near and dear to our hearts. How we spiritually thrive in our marriage. Yeah. yeah. Super important. Something that's not really talked about a whole lot. Um, and just it's, it's kind of the core of who we are as a couple and as people. So we wanted to share that kind of early on in our podcast journey. And just let y'all know where we're coming from. Um, just want to infuse uh, just biblical stuff in with all of our episodes and just you know, that's the source of where we get a lot of our wisdom. Um, so we figured it's probably good to talk about that and kind of line that up for everyone. Agreed. So before we dive into um, kind of what we do and maybe some tips, um, we wanted to just share. Just share. Uh, so, talking is hard, guys. <laughs> we just wanted to share. A uh, little background on us uh, individually as believers. Um, I grew up in the church. I was saved when I was seven. Uh, my dad baptized me at my home church um, in Florida. And I just kind of always grew up in the church. Just attended uh, Sunday and um, youth group and just kind of did all the things and didn't really process it and if you're a believer you know what I'm talking about you just kind of did it just because everybody else did it and it wasn't until recently like I would go into these different roller coaster phases like I would just kind of be out of the word and then I would be really deep into the word and out of the word and then deep into the word and as of late the the church that we have been attending that we absolutely love um, I feel like my walk with the Lord has just exponentially grown. We have a very strong community, very, um, very strong friends, and it's just, just a ton of encouragement. And so I just, I feel like my, my own personal walk has been much more strong than it has been in recent years, which I am absolutely loving. And I think too, when you have kids, it kind of, sobers you up. <laughs> You're dealing with some little tiny unbelievers walking around. How do you witness to them every day? So um, that's that's been kind of the biggest driving force with like, okay, I need to get serious about this. And I'm loving it. And like Elizabeth, I grew up in the church as well. Um, every Sunday, most Wednesdays, pretty much every Wednesday. And I went to a really large church for most of my growing up actually all the way through different churches but when we lived in Augusta I went to a really big church multiple services satellite campuses and all that all that jazz um, our youth group was 
amazing. I made some super close friendships that I still keep to this day. We keep up a fair bit. And just that time in the youth group really helped to shape who I was in the Lord. And I just had some really great male mentors who just really would sit down and talk to me about how life really was and just kind of really check out how am I doing. And that was super valuable in addition to my own dad having all these awesome guys to just really invest in me and just emulate Christ and show me like when I grow up, I literally want to be like these guys are. This is awesome. And um, I was saved in around seventh grade at a uh, kind of a summer camp type thing. I don't actually know if it was the summer, but it was kind of that whole thing. And it was a week, so I assume it was summer. But anyways, <laughs> yeah, so I've been a Christian a long time and I'm constantly growing. At least uh, that's that's my trajectory. And I've had kind of hot and cold times where I'm in the word, away from the word, in the word, away from the word. And let me just tell you, when you're in the word, everything kind of falls into place a lot better. I can speak from experience from several years where it was just, I wasn't really doing anything outside of Sunday morning that was hardly focused at all on spiritual well-being. And you feel the effects of that just mentally it's just easier to go to a dark place or easier to just feel negative about something. And uh, just being being in the Word, being with other believers and thinking constantly about the Lord is ridiculously helpful. So uh, I've been kind of at both ends of that and uh, I know where I like to be more. But um, what we want to talk about our spiritual walks in the context of marriage and how to really thrive in a marriage in a spiritual, in kind of a spiritual context. So we believe that in an, in order to have an amazing and incredible marriage, we need to be intentional about our relationship with Christ, both individually and a married couple. Um, you want to expand on that a little bit more? Yeah. Um, thanks for passing the torch. Boom. <laughs> um, we, I feel like um, when we first got married, it was just kind of do your Sunday routine, go to church, and then you come home and you just continue with life. We didn't really get serious about maybe what we learned or what challenged us or anything like that. It would just church for us or our walk for us individually stayed in the actual physical building of whatever church we were going to on Sunday. So it didn't come home with us. It didn't apply directly to our lives. We just kind of felt like, quote, good people. But within um, recent years, um, we've been getting much more serious and being open with each other and um, just talking about kind of where each other's heart is. So like, you know, if we kind of either acted out or said something mean or whatever it might have been, like, I really think you should check your heart on that. Like, dig deeper, figure out what's going on. And then we kind of left it at that. So it was just kind of like, hey, check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> and we just kind of walked away. No, check it. <laughs> and Which is a great place to be. Like, that is, if that's as far as you get, you're still doing pretty well. Yes. You've got the... 
you've got the building blocks for a really good thing going. Um, that was something that was kind of novel to me. It's like, I don't know why I'm so angry about this little thing that happened, but you know, maybe I should analyze that a little bit more. So that's a good start to everything, but it's definitely not the full picture. Yes. Um, so we kind of started there a few years back and then it has evolved due to, um, change in churches for us and it's changed into, Hey, check yourself and then let's follow up. Let's hash this out. Let's talk about it. And in the past, I think like year, maybe year and a half or so, we've been very candid with each other about what we feel like the Lord is teaching us or showing us. And let me tell you that there is zero pride in that conversation. It is some really tough stuff. And it, but it's been so rewarding. Um, it, because it's, it is absolutely life changing things that we're talking about. And so we, we talk with each other about whatever that issue might be like, anger towards this type of thing that's happening. Um, something, you know, minute and small that we really shouldn't be getting that angry about. And so just kind of working through those things together in the past year or so has been really eye-opening. Um, like I said, it takes a lot of humility. There is no room for pride at all. Um, in that to be completely transparent with your, with your spouse. And, um, we've had to be very vulnerable about things, but because we have been so vulnerable about those really deep, sensitive issues, it has actually drawn us closer together in ways that I don't think we could have imagined five years ago. Right. I think when you're when you you are committed to being that open with your spouse, it shows a new level of intimacy. And it's really an incredible thing because I think when you first get married, you're kind of naive, like, oh, I'm so close to this person and we have this intimacy and da 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 da. And then, then you get five years in and you just, you're constantly, you're, you're a human. So you're constantly evolving and changing and you're learning all these things. And if you're committed to your, your relationship, your marriage, and you want to constantly make it better, if you are committed to having a stellar marriage, you will reach a new level of intimacy all the time. And and when you are, at least for us, when we are working on our relationship with the Lord individually and as a married couple, it has opened up a door to a new level of intimacy that I don't think that we could have imagined. And I'm excited for how that will look in the future. Right. For those of you guys who, like us, have grown up in the church you always hear the uh, kind of uh, memory thing of like, remember, there's the horizontal relationship and the vertical too. And it seems really hokey because <laughs> you hear it all the time. You know, you've heard it since you were six years old. But uh, it really is true. I mean, you've got to really connect on a personal level first, you know, whether that be mornings, afternoon, evenings. 
and we'll probably cover this a little bit later on quiet times. I'm a big morning person for the quiet times, starting off the day the right way. But when you are doing that, it does help you to kind of reset yourself, just especially reading the gospel. Um, I know I cannot do marriage by myself. I cannot be the nice guy, always patient and all that stuff without that constant reminder that without the Lord, without Christ's you know, power and grace over me, uh, you know, I just can't muster that myself. So just constantly going back to the word um, and renewing that daily. Um, it just helps a ton. Yeah. And here's the thing. Christ is the absolute perfect picture of grace, love, patience, forgiveness, whatever adjective you want to put there positively. <laughs> he is... Fruits, he, fruits of the Spirit, yeah. He is the perfect picture. And when you think about, like, we are humans, we will fail. We will come up short. We have to have a perfect picture of whatever it is that we are lacking. So whether it's patience, we need to look to... Christ, who is the absolute perfect picture of patience or love or forgiveness or trust, faith, whatever it might be, he is the example. That example will never fail. And for us to have that perfect picture of that, I mean, that is like a slam dunk resource that we should be using all the time. And it's like for me, I'm, I'm speaking to myself. Like I forget it's there. Like he is there. That example is there. And I should be running to that example every single day, day in and day out. You know, it's kind of like when you have, when you're like, okay, I'm going to get in shape and I want to have this motivation and I want to do all the exercises and I want to have this and I want to have that. And I want my body to look like this. Those things are great. There's, there's nothing wrong with that and you're in the midst of desiring that end result, you are looking towards motivation. You're looking towards what you consider the ideal picture of what you want to strive for. So you're following like maybe Instagram accounts or you're looking up um, workouts on Pinterest or YouTube videos or fill in the blank, whatever it might be, a picture of somebody that you want to strive to physically. Um, that's your motivation. Christ should be our motivation. Christ should be the motivation of how we love our spouse and everything in between because it's the perfect example. It will never let us down. And it's just, it's a beautiful thing that I wish, I so wish I would have taken advantage of it earlier on in our marriage. I really do. Um, but I'm glad that we are being super intentional about it now and not 20 years from now. Um, yeah. And I think it's definitely important to, to, to admit, and I'm sure you probably surmise this, but you know, we forget, you know, in, in a moment of heated exchange or after, you know, you're a little bit hungry and dinner's not ready in time or, you know, something keeps you up late at night, you're going to, you're going to be snappy still. And, you know, there is definitely imperfection. When you have two imperfect people in a marriage, you're gonna have you're gonna have fights, you're gonna have all this stuff, but 
again, you kind of hit that reset button, like leave all that junk behind, dive into the word, dive into prayer and just reset, reset, kind of get your eyes on the prize. Yes. So being in the word and being in prayer is so vital to, um, to thriving, at least in our marriage, it has been incredibly vital. Um, just constantly bringing up that example of Christ and how we can reflect that in our marriage. It has to, you have to keep going back to it. We have to keep, uh, being in the word, being in prayer and asking the Lord to change our hearts to, you know, draw us closer to him. And it, it just makes all the difference in the world because, marriage is insanely difficult. Um, if you haven't hit that difficult patch yet, don't worry, it's coming. (laughs) Um, and the gospel gives us so much grace and it really lays out a roadmap for walking through your marriage and loving each other through those difficult times. It's, it's just kind of like, it's almost like if you got in the car, um, before you could use your phone for GPS and type in your address and okay, Google maps, take me there. Like you legit had to either look at a map or a little bit later than that, you could print out MapQuest. <laughs> do you remember MapQuest? Oh boy, do I. <laughs> if yeah, you... And that was when you really sunk. If the MapQuest was wrong, you end up in a quarry. Oh my goodness. Like what happened? Yes. MapQuest or like you missed the turn and you're like, Ooh, how do I course correct? <laughs> do you think MapQuest is still around? It's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Um, but it's kind of like you have this roadmap. Why not use it? Like, I have to be a major dingling to not use a roadmap. <laughs> dingling, well said. <laughs> really and truly. Well, speaking of dinglings, I've been, I've been historically terrible about this. So, full disclosure... Being a Christian for such a long time and growing up in the church, I have been just awful about being a Bible reader. Sitting down, kind of, sometimes it's even as simple as like, I've got this whole thing here. Like, it's all good, but where do I even start? And that'll that'll kind of cripple the decision for the day. Like, well, I guess I don't read today, you know. Right. Um, and, and lately it's been much better. And part of the reason why is I got a I got a Bible that's really pocketable or just really compact, and so I can bring it more places without so many excuses of oh it's too big. But it, it takes training, just like anything else. You've got to just maybe um, you know set reminders in your phone at seven a.m. every day, and you set uh, repeating reminders daily for one month. By the time that month is done, that you won't need that anymore, most likely. Right. So it's a habit just like anything else. And it's a habit that can make a huge difference in your life. And I, uh, going off of what you said, um, it, it definitely can start as, and for most people, I think it does start with, okay, I know I need to read my Bible. Here it goes. And you just kind of yawn your way through it because when you're reading it, it's not alive. And I have realized as of late that when I am, when I'm sitting down to read the Bible, to really dig into the word, it's been a struggle because 
it's out of like, okay, well, I know I have to do it. It's out of obligation as opposed to it's out of worship and it's out of, I truly enjoy reading the scripture. It's alive and it's speaking to me and it's really showing me how I can apply this to all areas of my life. So it definitely will feel like, I think at first, okay, this is a chore. I think that's where most people really truly start. Like I know I'm supposed to have a quiet time, but when you, when you are, when you say that, it's like you said that and I kind of cringed a little bit. It's like, wait, but that, I think that's true. Like it shouldn't, it shouldn't be a chore, but sometimes opening a large book, you know, can seem like one. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of, yeah, it's just like you see this huge, massive thing that you need to read and you need to get through and it's a lot. <laughs> like getting through the Bible is a lot. Getting through one chapter of one book is a lot. It's a lot to chew on. It really is. But once you can get to a point in your relationship where it's an act of worship and you desire that, and we can talk about that at another time, but when it becomes an act of worship, then it becomes alive. Then it can translate to you personally and then in your relationships, specifically in marriage. And that's when it is incredibly beautiful. Um, so just a little, kind of got a little off topic, but I just was like, I got to say it. I got to say it. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> One really cool thing about being in a marriage uh, that I've found is that I've got an automatic lifetime accountability partner. So that going, that being said, it is someone you have to be vulnerable with kind of going back to earlier. If you are not honest with your spouse about, Hey, I'm struggling with anger this week, or I'm struggling with anxiety a little bit. You, you can't really expect them to know where you're at and to be able to speak truth into your life too. So, you know, if I just recent example, um, you know, with the kids at bedtime, it's just like, it feels like every single direction you give is met with friction and you just start to get, and I just tell Elizabeth, like, I am just at my wits end tonight. Help me out. Can I, can you help me with this particular task? And then also it's something we can discuss later on that night and just, Hey, pray for me that I just can, take it easy and not worry about this stuff so much and let these little things get to me. So just somebody that's there, you know, hopefully in, in the same mindset as you, hopefully with the same goals of growing closer together, growing closer to the Lord. And, you know, if you have children growing them and in, in closer to the Lord too, and being a good example for those kids. Yes, that is that is a really nice thing about marriage is that you have your automatic accountability partner and it does take practice and intentionality. It, it does not come easy. Um, and along with that is when you have that accountability partner is always know that it's something that we've been, um, I think super aware of lately is loving correction and just, okay, let's slow down. We have some things that we need to address and let's talk through it as opposed to being like, you screwed up. 
you said this, you're a sinner, <laughs> you're the worst. That's not helping anybody. Yeah, <laughs> and in fact, many... that's driving a massive wedge between you and your spouse. Not many good relationships are built that way. No, no. I would say zero good relationships have that going on for a long period of time. It, it's going to wear you down. It's going to divide you. And if that never changes, the relationship will be no more. Um, because everybody wants to be heard. Everybody, everybody wants to feel loved. Everybody wants to feel comforted. And if you're going to work through those hard things, you've got to exercise some loving correction. And it's been hard. Like, we have had just the longest conversations and conversations that happen at three Boy. or four in the morning. Yes. <laughs> um, and as hard as those have been in the times that we have exercised loving correction, we have been able to reach a resolution much quicker. And that's not to say that the whatever it is that we're needing to work on stops there it's it's that okay we know that we need to work on this let's rest let's start fresh and then tomorrow we will continue to move forward in whatever the situation might be but loving correction is just so vital i think it's been really really important in our marriage and that it just has to be there in order to thrive and to become closer and it's funny when you say loving correction i think of man i just love it when you correct me <laughs> <laughs> it's a different style i don't know what kind of type of word verb you know, noun whatever but uh yeah just go to a different place with that absolutely and that again you, you can't be prideful when it comes to something like this again you're in the same boat you have the same goal it is a good positive fun relationship that's going in a good place so there's no place for pride there's no place for uh what is she talking about i'm i'm humble if you really trust your spouse and they say something if they if they had the courage to come to you with a complaint if you will then there's probably something to it and um you know it might be worthwhile to listen to it yeah. Always remembering that you're both sinners. We are, Michael and I are both sinners. We both are starting at the same level. To think that I'm better than him or that he's better than me isn't going to serve our relation, our marriage, our relationship in any capacity. It's going to, it's going to hurt it. So just knowing that we both are sinners and we both need Christ is going to put us on the same playing field. One of the really lovely things that I have noticed as we have grown closer in our relationship with Christ is that we have also grown closer together. So we talked about a little bit earlier, we have reached a new level of intimacy that I don't think we, either one of us could have imagined five years ago. And it's been, it's been really amazing. Like it's, it's so hard to just, it's so hard to put an adjective to it, to just say it's like this, um, or to describe it, to describe it in some capacity, because it's almost kind of like you, you only know until you get there. 
but just know that when you are intentional about your relationship with Christ individually as well as a married couple, it does unlock this level of intimacy that you cannot reach without the grace that Christ has given us. Like it it won't, it will not happen no matter how many meditations you have or how many um, yoga classes you go to or whatever it is that you're subscribing to that is outside of Christ. It's not going to give you that level of intimacy that you are able to reach when you are intentional about your relationship individually and as a married couple. Like that is only accessible through Christ. I think it's important to note too, we've kind of said when you do this, when you when you invest in your time with the Lord, um, your marriage will also thrive too. That's not to suggest that it's just an automatic byproduct. You also have to be very intentional about that as well. Like as you are intentional about waking up, spending time in the Word, spending time in prayer, you have to also just you know spend time with your wife, spend time on dates, spend time with the kids and your wife, like just everything. It all is, all relationships are built on time together and intentionality and uh, just focus, really. Right. And a little side note, nobody fell into a, a great stellar marriage. Nobody falls into an unbelievable relationship with the Lord. That doesn't happen. <laughs> Spoiler alert, it doesn't happen. You have to put in the time. Like Michael was saying, you have to put in the effort and the time and you have to be intentional about it. It takes work. So a great marriage does not just happen. All right. So I thought it'd be a good little uh, sidebar uh, slash, slash kind of connected. Um, favorite verse. Everybody's got one whether it be something that just spoke to you 10 years ago or when you first became a believer. Um, mine has been for, I mean, I swear it's been 12 to 15 years. That I this love jumped yours. At. Yeah. Um, so it just kind of encapsulates everything. So mine is Psalm 51.10, created me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. I have even thought about, I have not done it or decided on, what it would be but get the word steadfast tattooed on me i think you should uh i already have one and actually you will probably talk about that soon but anyways it's just been it just applies to everything so if you are looking for if you are just desiring after a pure heart and you go to the lord for that it's just it just opens up a whole new possibility um that's been my thing forever so I just keep going back to it. I'm still waiting to find something that's more that speaks to me more than that does. And there's nothing that I've seen that just is my life verse. Well, well, I I just looked up the definition for steadfast because I think sometimes we take such. I think sometimes we when you you use a word so much, the definition of it becomes a little less intense, a little less weighty. But um, steadfast is resolutely or dutifully firm and unwavering. Like, you will stand there no matter what comes your way. 
you will not move. Like, that is incredible, the meaning of steadfast. And um, so that is that is a really beautiful verse, I think. I love that verse. Thank you. You've shared that with me many times, and I always love that one. Um, so I have... I've, it's hard. It's hard to pick. There's a lot of good verses in the Bible. But um, one of my favorite verses for marriage is Genesis 2.24. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united with his wife and they become one flesh. And I think that is just the perfect verse for a man and a wife. That is, whenever we have any guest books or we go to, you know, a wedding and they want you to leave their favorite verse. So we've been to a wedding where they lay out a Bible and they say, highlight your favorite verse for us. And that is always the one that I go to because it is so important. Like you do have the family that you came from. There is influence there, but you are leaving that family and you are creating a new one with your spouse. You're not marrying your mom. You're not marrying your dad. You're not marrying a sibling. You're not marrying a coworker or a friend. You are marrying your wife or husband. The person you are deciding to spend the rest of your life with, that is your person. That is your person that you're going to tell everything to. You are committed to. They are it. And it is so important to recognize the importance of becoming one and and we're definitely going to dive more into that in a later episode because it's just it's such a meaty verse there's so much there but um speaking of tattoos i was wondering if you were going to go there <laughs> speaking of like, tattoos, wow she's going on a long time without mentioning this maybe we, she wasn't going to we have um we have a tattoo uh, Michael has it on the inside of his left wrist and I have it on the inside of my right wrist and it is the Hebrew word for one which is echad and for all you Jewish and Hebrew speaking listeners I'm sorry that was probably not very good <laughs> hey I am six percent Jewish okay? okay okay all right there's a little part in me <laughs> Uh, no, I do not pretend to be a master of pronouncing that. That is just what I have gained from doing research on this word. So I apologize if I butchered it. Um, but it is it is the the word meaning one, becoming one, becoming unified. And um, we just, we really took that to heart and we do every day. And so we got that tattooed and I love it. And the best part is that was on our one year anniversary. So it was like uh, really meta. <laughs> one, 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 one. One, 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 one. one. Um, I also have um, another verse that I want to share that I really, really love is um, it's Psalms 57 1. And it is, Be merciful to me, O God. Be, merci- be merciful to me. For in you my soul takes refuge. In the shadow of your wings I will take refuge till the storms of destruction pass by. And I just feel like life has so many curveballs. And no matter what happens, Christ is there. 
that I can go and take refuge in, that he can protect me. I know that it is safe with him because he is pure and he is perfect and he is unwavering. And it just brings so much comfort to me in those valleys that we have gone through and will go through in the future. So, yeah. So I just want to kind of leave you guys with a couple of things at the end of this, but um, to boil down what we're kind of talking about is it's really important to pray together. It is really important to schedule a time once a week, if that works out for you to just have a heart check with your spouse. Like, how are you doing? Be honest with each other, be honest with your questions and ask directly don't just kind of beat around the bush. Like, how are you doing for real? If you can't be real with your spouse, who can you be real with? Mm. So um, it's just really important to connect on this stuff. And if you don't really make a meaningful time to do that, you might go months without actually like sitting down and having an honest conversation about your spiritual uh, lives. And uh, that's just, that's too seldom. So... Yes. So those are, those are our, those are our tips, um, is definitely pray together and schedule a heart check at least once a week with your spouse. And it does not have to be an hour long. It can be five, 10, 15 minutes. And another thing I would say is, especially if you are either super busy or, a stay-at-home parent, whether you're a mom or a dad, is that your quiet time doesn't have to be the traditional, quote, quiet time. Um, (laughs) If you are a stay-at-home parent, you know (laughs) that having quiet time is hard to come by. And so I think I'd like to dive into that more at a later date um, because I think that the traditional quiet time, while it is something to aspire to, is may not be necessarily realistic in different seasons of your life. So um, I think our challenge to you this week is to, um, I think let's do one challenge this week, is right now schedule a heart check with your spouse say, all right, we need to talk about what's going on with each other and our walks with the Lord. And be honest, that doesn't mean that you need to be mean, but be honest and respectful of each other. Be loving and graceful about receiving whatever it is that might be said. And know that you know, if it's something that is hard for your spouse to share, recognize their vulnerability. And like, I appreciate you sharing that with me because that is hard, that it takes a lot of humility to share. And like, you know, so Michael could share something that is really difficult to share with me, but then if I'm going to laugh at him or scoff, like, (laughs) okay, I'll never deal with that. Yeah. Okay. Give it a couple of weeks or a month. I'm going to be dealing with the same thing. You know, like it's, it, it, it will eventually happen to you, um, is what I'm saying. So just create that safe space where you feel comfortable to share. You feel safe to share those things that are very difficult to share. 
and thank the other person for being honest because being honest with people is very difficult. It sounds like it won't be difficult, but trust me, it is difficult. So our challenge to you is to schedule a heart check with your spouse in the next seven days. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening to this edition of Marriage Talks. Yeah. And uh, we want to encourage you to subscribe. Uh, subscribe. That's hard to say. <laughs> subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Five? Do they have five stars? Is it five stars? What is five it? stars. I yep. never review anybody. <laughs> I know. Maybe I should. I We're should. straight up asking people. And we've never done it. I should. It's the kind so. thing to do. Yep. <laughs> so any any podcast player that you're on, just give a positive review. That is how we get our name out there. And that's the best way to do it, y'all. Yes. So. It's the best way for others to find us because we want to be found. Thank you so much for listening. Y'all are amazing.